episode 147. Welcome to Dharmic Evolution. Hey everybody, I'm your host, James Kevin O'Connor, singer-songwriter, audio-video artist, master storyteller, and international talent agent. Hey, thanks for being with us today on the Dharmic Evolution, and uh, I just want to check in. Make sure you guys are going over to the Joka YouTube channel. That's the James O'Connor Agency that now carries the Dharmic Evolution show in full-blown video. And subscribe to the channel once you get there so you can be up on all of our episodes that are forthcoming. We've got Clara LaForo up there for the first episode, but from now on, we're going to be pumping them out left and right. And uh, we're getting some amazing responses. Uh, So go over to that video, check it out. And it's also still being carried on iTunes and SoundCloud as the podcast, and now in 67 countries and counting. Today, we're in New Brunswick, Canada, with a man who continues to bang against the restrictions of the conventional pop formula and march to his own beat. Influenced by the great masters, Roy Orbison, Paul McCartney, and the king of rock and roll, Elvis. Get ready for Robbie Tucker. You better strap up your seatbelts and let's go for a ride. We have got some great news for you. There is a brand new musical act out on the airwaves called Mercy. This is something that you have never heard before. It's spiritual. It's the truth unleashed. With scripture delivered by Chaplain Christine Mercy, along with drums, guitars, pianos, violins, and vocals from singer-songwriter James Kevin O'Connor. Yes, a little bit of heaven on earth. And just in time, behold, it's the brand new album from Mercy, titled I Am Victorious. Yes, Jesus came, he saw, he taught, he preached, he healed, He suffered unimaginable torture and not only defeated the evils of Satan, but he won the entire war for the entire world. And as he stated in the song, I'm going home, back to the throne, victorious, it's glorious. I've many rooms in my father's house for all of us, it's glorious. Learn to trust in his name. I Am Victorious, the new album is out now and available on iTunes, Amazon, and CD Baby. Just recorded in the Music City on the world-famous Music Row in Nashville, Tennessee. Download the album or pick up the actual CD copy of I Am Victorious right now on iTunes, Amazon, and CD Baby. And keep your eyes and ears open for the live performance tour of Mercy coming soon. Featuring Come, Amen, Bless You, I'm Afraid, It Is Finished, and yes, the title track, I Am Victorious. Available right now, go to Amazon, iTunes, or CD Baby and download your copy of I Am Victorious today. And keep your eyes and ears open for the new band, Mercy, coming to a venue near you soon. This message is sponsored by the James O'Connor Agency. On the Dharmic Evolution today, we're in Canada with Robbie Tucker. And Robbie, welcome to the Dharmic Evolution. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be on the show. Yeah, I've, I, you know, I got introduced to you through our mutual dear friend, April Kelly, who was on yeah. uh, about a month ago. She's a rocking uh, young lady from, um, from New Jersey, and she, she raved about you and what you're doing. So uh, tell us, uh, first and foremost, um, you know, exactly where are you in Canada? Because we've got tons of Canadians who have been on this show. Okay, cool. Well, I'm in a little city called Miramichi, Miramichi, New Brunswick. Uh, I've been here for the last year. I'm from here originally, but I had been living in Montreal for 12 years, and I just moved back here last year. Awesome, awesome. So how did you get connected to music to get your career going? Like um, you started as a youngster, high school. When did it all kick in for you? Uh, I started pretty early. Uh, My mother and father bought me, if I'm remembering correctly, Seems like we went through a few guitars that they bought me before I came across the one that I still have. My my mother had bought my father a guitar and he started playing it. And then I guess we both had guitars because I remember having a guitar in their bedroom while my father was practicing and I was just messing around with it. And they were like, oh, wow, he can play the guitar. I might have been eight Nice, nice. So, what was your father into that, that got you hooked? That you like he was playing what at the time that you that kind of like pulled you in and said, "Yeah, man, this is really cool." I think I think I just loved the sound of music. 
my dad was really into uh, like the Highwaymen, Willie Nelson, uh, Chris Gerstavis, and Johnny Cash back then. We used to. I remember they would play records on Sunday, and that's a lot of what it was. Was uh, Chris Gerstavis and helped me make it through the night. The Highwaymen, Willie Nelson. I remember they asked me one time. We were both sitting on the sofa in the living room, and I was in the center. And my father said, "Okay, so it's let's say it's twenty years from now, and you're really famous and." People want you to play a song for them on stage, and what what is it that you would play? And I said, "Blue Eyes Crying in the Rain," Willie Nelson. Um, nice. Yeah, so that so, struck you. You really, really got to you. Got to your soul, right? Yeah, yeah. I really yeah. dig because that uh, that sort of music was the bones and the grit of kind of what is now a bit. Right. Its own sort of start of. Like it's truest form of country music, I feel that that sort of music was. Yeah, good old storytelling, right? Yeah, it's yeah. yeah. Well, you know what? I think it's time to play. I dig this feeling, so let's check <laughs> this one out here. baby all right so hey take us into the uh the studio world on that one robbie what what's going on there um give us your process of when you record do you record all by yourself with people producer studio how do you do it well i'll tell you um i started the songwriting class last year six figure songwriting with kathy heller and uh it just kind of made me look at how I was writing songs. Mostly, I think the biggest thing that I drew from the class is themes, writing on themes. So this was kind of, I dig that feeling, was a, on the theme of feeling good. Um, and I kind of started off and went about it the same way as I always would. You know, I got in the, uh, the habit of walking up the path after lunch or at bre after breakfast, walking up the trail by my house and relentlessly in... It just happens. Anyone artistic, whether they write or paint or sing, or they'll tell you the same thing, that it just kind of comes to you. So just that, I dig that feeling, yeah, I want that feeling, yeah, give me that feeling again, just came to me. It just popped in my head. So I got in front of my computer over a few days, and I put it together. This, however, was, and, and I, 
I live above a gas station. Uh, and it was a big open room. It's not a studio by any sense of, by any stretch of the imagination. That's kind of how I've done all of my albums on my own. I record them. I like to put them all together, and then the whole song is me. Right. However, for this class, you're, you're working on material that you're going to pitch so that it could be in a TV commercial or a film. So the quality has to be there. Uh, and I actually worked with April on this and John, her, the producer that she's worked with on a lot of things, John Corsi. Uh, I don't know his last name or I don't know how to say his last name. Okay. Yeah. Uh, let's call him John C. All right. Corsi, I think it's Corsiari. Um, so April and I did some stuff and then we gave it to John and he did some stuff, but he's a producer and, and, and he knows what's going on. Um, and he just brought it to this place that I never could. You know, I, so basically I gave them the blueprint of the song, which was all me. And then April's like, she starts to hear things when she hears that song. So she's like, oh, she puts in a whole bunch of elements. And then John produces it. And I think he played the guitar and probably a whole bunch of other things that I had on there, but he just redid to make them sound like a human who knew what they were doing was doing. <laughs> and it just opened my eyes really to what can be done today via the internet. Right. Just right. blew my mind. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so that was the first song that I put together for the class, and the first co-write that I did was with April and John. Yeah, it is a really, really great way to work because um, uh, more people are able to uh, share their abilities and their talents, you know. And, um, yeah. you know, it's so funny. I, I did this album, you know, back in 2009. I think it was my first, like, really full-length CD, and it took forever to do it, but... Uh, I got connected with this studio in, in Los Angeles that started with a company called Drums For You. And it was okay. just a drummer. Like you would send him a click track and an, an acoustic and just a vocal. And then he would lay down a drum kit, you know, live drums, like really, really good drums to that. Well, eventually yeah. they, they grew to become, I think they're called studio pros now. And now they're all services. As a matter of fact, you can go on there and you can sample like what kind of bass sound the bass player and which bass guitar he's using. And they have vocalists, they have wow. horn players, they have keyboard players. You know, they really yeah. grew to be, you know, this online community of one stop, we do it all now. And um, more people are, are starting to embrace that. Um, I've had uh, a couple people on this show work with Stuart Epps, the legendary uh, English producer who, um, uh, you know, he did uh, Jimmy Page and, you know, all these greats from, you know, from, uh, you know, the past generations. And uh, and Stuart is now doing that. Like he's saying, okay. you know, you want a platinum, you know, uh, producer, uh, he's reaching out to indie artists. And I've had several of them on this show where he's actually worked with them and just said, send me your files and I'll do what I do here in the UK and we, we wow. make it all happen, you know? So more, I'm glad more of that is happening. I mean, I still love being in the studio with the whole gang, you know, that's always, uh, that, that vibe is incredible, but, um, this is a wonderful alternative to, um, yeah. to work with other people. So I'm glad yeah. you and April got together cause she's, she's the bomb, man. I had lunch yeah. with her after she came on the show and, <laughs> Because we live uh, actually uh, not too far from one another. Yeah. And it was really, really great to sit and get her energy. So I know it must have been a really cool experience for you to, to kind of hang with her and do some stuff together. Yeah, she's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. So, hey, how about we do another one here? How about we okay. do I Dream of Magic? Oh, cool. Yeah, Robbie Tucker. I, I dream of magic. I cannot help it It's just what I do And I'm I'm living like candy Like magical candy And you can too Sometimes I really feel like 
Good song, man. Hey, where did the inspiration come from on that one, Robbie? Well, <laughs> it's hard to kind of, so as I say, songs just come to you. Uh, and we're talking about working with producers. And for me, this is kind of a new thing. Uh, this track, I guess it's because in the class they were talking about Disney or places are always looking for songs about magic. And if I won't get well. Uh, that kind of made things a little bit easier for me when I started working on themes because I'm like, I don't start a song and go, what's this about? Because sometimes a line will come to me and I'll go from there, but I already know what the, the it's going to be about magic. Uh, the funny thing or interesting thing about this one is I did the demo and I loved it and all my friends loved it and it sounded different than anything I had ever done because I started trying to implement uh, electronic uh, sounds, electronic MIDI sounds, and I had never done that before. And then I loved this song so much that I was very apprehensive <laughs> to give it to anyone. Uh, but I worked with a producer, Avier Silva, and it, it, initially the song is kind of slow. Uh, so when I was, when he started producing it, he's like, I know this is not the vibe of the song, but I just want to tell you before you hear it that I upped the tempo. He right. didn't up the tempo, he just changed the beat, or he double-timed the beat or whatever. And I was, I pressed play, and I'm like, I had my eyes covered. I'm like, oh my God, what is going to happen? And then this song played, and I just fell in love with it. Something that wasn't what it was, but became its own thing. And I just, everybody loved it that heard it. And, and then yeah. in the end, I thought, well, it's just a song anyway. If, if, if you didn't like what he did... Whatever. You yeah. can make a million more songs, but it turned out that I really I really loved what he did with the song. Yeah, sometimes uh, someone else's interpretation really just puts it over the top, you know? Oh, yeah. And, yeah, for uh, sure. And that's the, that's the beauty of collaboration, I think, when everybody brings their A-game and says, you know what, I hear something totally different than the, than the writer heard, but then that all manifests, you know, it all yeah. just gets better and better. Hey, so these are the, the tracks we're playing right now are from your album Acoustic Fudge, correct? No, these are just new, uh, new oh, tracks. Oh, these are just new I'm, ones? Oh, okay. Just new ones from since I started last year in this class. Good, man. Just Prolific. New, yeah. yeah. Keep it happening. Uh, the <laughs> yeah, uh, it's, it's been amazing. But these are all going to be on my 
next album, I, I believe that's what I'm going to try and do. Okay, so so you've this is like your fourth album you're working on right now, right? Fourth this would be album. my fifth. Fifth one? Yeah, Acoustic Fudge was the fourth. Okay. And I kind of stopped recording for, I guess, gosh, about 10 years. Uh-huh. Green Room was my second album in 2007. It just so much has happened in the last 10 years of my life that Acoustic Fudge, my last album that I released, was kind of me saying, can I still do this? Do I still have the ability to record an album and have it be good? Right. And was that just because you took time off? Or, or you know, why, why did that happen to, in your mind? Well, when in 2005, I was diagnosed with Parkinson's disease at a pretty young age, at 27. Okay. So my health just is always wavering but it, all over time i mean it's a degenerative neurological disorder it gets worse right um so in that way it just kept getting harder and harder whereas when i did green room my second album or my first album i could just record or sing whenever i wanted to and this becomes less and less the case over time acoustic fudge you have to think i get up in the morning and i can walk around like a normal person okay so maybe i get 20 minutes or an hour if i'm lucky to record and maybe 20 minutes in the afternoon. So it was difficult that way. Right. But in during the process, I still had the same emotion, you know, and I listened to something that, you know, growing up, I loved Elvis and Roy Orbison, and I'd always have emotional reactions to their music and cry. And a lot of the time when I'm writing and recording, that's my sign to know if I'm on the right track, is if I get emotional during the recording, um, during that recording session and I did throw out all the tracks and I was very happy with the album and the album got a great review. Right. But, but, but that's, uh, that's, that's a really good trigger that you just mentioned. I mean, w- when your emotions are carried into the, your work, you know, that is really a good, uh, you know, a good barometer of, all right, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm on the right track here. And, I, and, and listen, God bless you for, for, for having the, you know, the strength to continue your music uh, despite your challenges, your health challenges. And mm. tell me, how does the music um, impact or does it at all, does it help in any way with, um, you know, with, in a distraction way or yeah, is, there, is, sure. there a, is there a health benefit in any way um, that, that helps you with, with this, with the Parkinson's when you're doing music? Well, the, if, when you're listening to music that you enjoy, there's being dopamine created in your brain. Right. It's perfect for a disorder that means you have less dopamine. Um, in Montreal, there was a documentary that Hot Smoked Pictures had filmed about me over a couple of years, and that's what it was called, Musically Medicated showing how I was trying to still do music while dealing with all these side effects and the disease. Um, but yeah, sometimes you can distract yourself from it. And sometimes now where I am in my life now, I feel like this is it. This is a challenge for me. And that's maybe everybody has something, but mine is music. And if this is what I have to push through in order to, still do what I was put here to do. Right. You know, I think it's something, if you have a passion or something that you want to do, it's not going to be the easiest thing in the world. You're going to have to work. You may have to work. You may have kids. You may have this. You may have that. Everybody has something. And I just feel like, okay, this is what I have to get over and learn how to deal with. If I I still want to... A little bit about the, the the documentary and 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 what was the you know give us the purpose behind the making of that film and what is it is its intention? Well, Gabby Kieslat is uh, her her and her husband Emery Murchison had the idea to start filming me because in two thousand and gosh two thousand and seven right I was trying to do a lot to help that cause to help raise awareness about Parkinson's. And then because of side effects from the medication uh, that they didn't know about, that I was kind of caught off guard by, the documentary kind of became something else, almost shedding a light on a side of this disease that people deal with that you don't think about. Right. it's very well put together. Uh, we, we, Willie Nelson is in the documentary. 
Uh, we flew to Texas. Uh, I talked to him on a panel. He's he's playing in Texas, and we see some live footage of him. We went to Toronto. We went to my hometown a couple of times. She really put a lot of work into it. Couple, right. Almost two years of filming, and she ended up with a, maybe 100 hours of footage, and she wow. dwindled it down to 50 minutes. But it it really is well put together. Yeah. Well, we're gonna we're gonna make sure that we feature uh, the link on this so people can catch this and and find out all about it. Blue eyes crying in the rain. Willie Nelson has a way of getting to us all. Right back to the interview with Robbie. Right after this message. You know, in today's world, most people are struggling with something. It may be someone in your life who has a serious illness, a family member who has been incarcerated death of a loved one, job loss, or one of the many, many challenges we find ourselves immersed in. There is good news, however, and I'm here to tell you about Christine Mercy, spiritual teacher, seminary professor, and songwriter. Christine Mercy, who loves and deeply cares for all people, regardless of race, age, or creed. Dr. Mercy has a powerful ministry called Mercy Worldwide Ministries. This ministry cares for the sick and the dying and the disabled. If you have a need for prayer or perhaps a project that requires support, reach out today at mercyworldwideministries.com. Let's face it, we all need a trusted mother figure to give us a hand up from time to time. Reach out to mercyworldwideministries.com today and check out the programs and resources available to you. Sponsored by the James O'Connor Agency. So uh, let's play another one. This is called No Colors Are the Same. Yeah. same hey so uh great title on that one too so what you know what's the metaphor there robbie well the the metaphor is the producer john corsiari is incredible okay <laughs> that's a song this that's a song that i did pretty much the beginning maybe september or october and i finished the demo and john uh he said i really love this track i really want to work on it but he, he this guy he works this is what he does he's a producer and when he finally got the time to do it, it just 
It's, it's probably my favorite track that I've worked with somebody on so far because there's something to be said about making a track, a demo that I'm super pumped about, but then taking somebody who knows what they're doing production-wise, taking that and going, okay, now let's bring this here where it needs to be. And it just, people who have heard this song, some people are like, that's not you. That doesn't, you've never written anything like that. And that's a good thing, you know? It's right. okay, it doesn't sound like me, that's great. But he helps me achieve something that I couldn't have done on my own otherwise. Right. He's playing right. guitar on it, that, that cool hook. Right. I had originally been playing that on an acoustic guitar, so yeah, he took all he took everything to a, to the next level and just blew it out of the out of the water. Isn't that great when you're so understood by your producer, like that? You just you know, it feels like you don't even have to say much. You know, yeah. it's just like it's yeah. the the information is kind of like out there on its own frequency, and and we just understand it. You know, yeah. And, For sure. Uh, yeah, and we were talking uh, on the breaks. You folks missed our little chat that. Um, uh, Robbie was sharing with me about, you know, being in your genius zone and uh, <laughs> what is what, uh, what I call it, you know, and I learned that from Jeff Walker. But could you can you share with everybody what we were discussing about that and, and what does that mean? I think that there's that moment when you have an idea and it's fresh. Uh, there's a track that I wrote that ended up being called Only This Fire that I just woke up and I try to have this guy sitting by my nightstand whenever I go to bed. So if I wake up with an idea, I can record it because the times that you're like, come up with something good, you're like, I'll remember it. And you never do. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I had come up with this line that was uh, only desire or something. And I just recorded it quickly and went back to sleep. And that track just became something that would, that if I hadn't have recorded that in the night, I would never have made it. Um, I think what I've come to to understand is that you can write and you're feeling excited and okay until the point where you're like kind of indifferent about it, where you've gone too far, where maybe you should have put the pan or the guitar down a while ago. Right. I like to compare this to like when I was a kid in, in school, every time I would write a paper, I would always do my draft as the final thing. I would always do it in like, try to be super neat and print really, really neatly and have it look like, so when I was done, I wouldn't have done a draft. I had done the final copy. And I think I've kind of carried that throughout my life to a certain extent, you know, that you want, okay, you want to sit down, you want to write the whole song, you want to get the melody and you want to walk away from it. Sometimes that does happen. Yeah. But sometimes it doesn't happen. Um, I think you have to know your, know your place in, in that particular song. Yeah. Cause, cause it's, it's a bad feeling to come up with a great idea that you're so into and work it so much that you're like, Ugh. and I know a lot of people feel that way. Yeah. I tend to, um, as a songwriter, as, as I've gotten older and hopefully wiser and more mature in my writing, um, I, you know, I look at it so much differently now than when I was a younger guy, because you know, you you know, you look at Michelangelo. He didn't just go in and rip this thing out in a couple of days or whatever. So yeah, I tend yeah. to um, to you know to look at, at at more of like a piece of artwork and say, I can't just you know rip this off and it's twenty minutes. And yeah, you can, but most of those songs are not going to be like your best work. So I kind of try to keep two and three and four songs going at once and I keep coming back, I'll work on them, work on them and then I'll put it away and I'll come yeah. back and you know, you're fresh and you're saying, okay, what does this need? I need to breathe more life into it. And then once yeah. you finally have the writing done, then it's time to learn the song because you yeah. don't really know the song yet. You have to like experience no. it and, and bring it to life as a musical piece, you know? So, yeah. so I think there's something to be said to be, um, you know, to, to take it a little slower and, and let it evolve, you know, give it a chance. It's like a flower yeah. opening up, you know, it's, yeah. it just doesn't do it overnight. You need time to, to let it blossom. Yeah. So, Hey, tell me uh, about uh, social media. Are you on social media, Robbie? You doing much on it? Uh, do, what, what are your favorite platforms? If um, you know, if you can share with us, I've been getting into Instagram. Um, I bought Ari Herstan's book, uh, Making It in the New Music Business, okay. How to Make It in the New Music Business. And he talks about there are so many different platforms in the, so, in the spectrum of social media 
but but you should really just pick one and 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 focus on that. So I've been focusing on Instagram. Right. Um, and you move. know, I, I Instagram seems to be a cool spot. Yeah. And so I've been growing a following, and it feels good to put something out every day, and it feels like you've done a little bit of something. Whether it's I've been working on a new video now over the last month, and I post uh, pretty much that every day. I'm still working on the new video. I can't wait for you guys to see it. What's uh, a, what's the title? Do you have a title yet? For the video, it's yeah. a video for a song that I did with uh, Keith Elliott produced that song, and it's called uh, Such Good Friends. Okay. So it's it's been interesting for me, because this is the third video that I've put together, and when I thought about making videos, because so many people are making lyric videos. Yeah. And to me, when somebody says, you should make a lyric video, that just makes me not want to make a lyric video. Right. I want to make something that when somebody watches it, because how many lyric videos have you watched that you want to rewatch, you know? And what are you calling a lyric video? Describe what you mean by that. Well, basically, you hear the song playing and you see some pictures, but basically just oh, the right. words, are, words right. of the song. Yeah. Some of them are cool, don't get me wrong. Right. Um, but I, I, in the same way that when I write music, I always try to go a little bit in a different direction, like maybe Orbison would. Like Orbison never wrote... A straight verse, 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 chorus, chorus, you know, that sort of... This is Roy Orbison you're talking about. Yeah, the big O. The, the, the big famous o. Roy Orbison. Well, you know what? He's a rule breaker, and I love rule breakers. You know, don't yeah. always go to formula. You know, it's got to be yeah. intro, verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge. Out. You know, it's like, come on, you got to mix it up. But yeah, Roy had a way of just doing what he wanted. <laughs> yeah, I think he just, honestly, I think Roy just did it. Yeah. Uh, because that's what he heard in his head, you know? Yeah. It's, but it's, I've always kind of tried to, where would I, where would somebody go? Okay, I, can I go in a different direction? Whether you know who else was that. like that? You know, Brian Wilson was like that too, oh. because Brian would just, you know, he would hear it and he'd open with the chorus and, you know, yeah. and then maybe a couple of phrases and that was the whole song. It was like, you know, it was all yeah. chorus, you know, but, yeah. you know, brilliant, brilliant songwriters. Yeah. So, so Instagram has been good for you. Yeah, yeah, I find it very interesting. Instagram. It's and, um, uh, it seems to be the musician's stronghold, though. You know, like there's but more. You have more... sixty seconds if you want to give them a little something. Yeah, but I mean, there's it. more guys like you on there and myself, like creative people, songwriting people. I think on Instagram than than yeah. uh, all the other platforms. I mean, Facebook's a monster; it's got everything on there. But Instagram yeah. seems to be more. Um, you know, it seems to be the creatives are going there more so than anywhere else. Yeah. So, and it's an being... interesting platform because there's so many people on it, and you have you have an opportunity to catch somebody's eye as you're scrolling by. You know. Right. Um, and it's interesting to see what you post and what the reaction from the audience is. Right. Exactly. Hey, speaking of that, I think it's time to play such good friends. What do you oh, say? Yeah. Let's do it. I must be dreaming. I've got the feeling we could be the best of friends. Someone I can count on. Someone you can count on. Here for each other till the end.
Yeah, friendship makes the difference in the end. All right. Did you write that for anybody in particular? No, no, I okay. just kind of put it together. Let me ask you about um, performing. Can you perform at all? I know it, it must be uh, an, an excruciating challenge. Have you been able to play out at all? Uh, I have. St- I stopped performing live about 10 years ago. Okay. Uh, ten, nine, ten years ago, I had a band, a big band. Uh, I haven't ruled out that possibility. It can't exist in the sense that I could schedule something like Robbie Friday night at 8 o'clock. I could never do that. My plan is to kind of, I would like to do a live album and a live uh, video, but it has to be, it'll have to be kind of organized, you know? Right. Because right. not a lot of people go to a concert at nine o'clock in the morning or whatever. Yeah. But that's in, that's in the back of my head. There are things that I want to accomplish before uh, I can't accomplish them anymore. Um but I can't. I don't play regularly live or anything. That's but that's what's been cool about Instagram because if I feel great and I can play, I can just go on a live feed and I can play for however long I want. And then the cool thing about that is you can see people who are watching and they can comment. And it really is a whole new way of doing things. Yeah. No, I think the video thing is great. And you know, I've had a I had a um, guest on this show last week from Hungary from Bucharest. And uh, she said to me that it's getting to be like a really cool thing to go and listen to people play and perform in the afternoons, which is like, you know, it's kind of like if you can pull that off, everybody seems to have more energy, I think, in the day, you know, and, you know, especially if you're working or whatever and you want to take the day and just go see artists. So between that and um, and using video to do it, man, uh, more power to you. I hope you're able to, to pull that off. And right now, I think we're going to play your video. And this is called We Should Be Together. Let's check this one out. Cool. For those of you folks who have tuned into our um, YouTube channel, the James O'Connor Agency YouTube channel, uh, you had a chance to see Robbie's video. So let's talk a little bit about, tell us about the video, um, Robbie, like how you put this thing together was very cool. It seemed like a day in the life of you starting your day, what it's like, and then all the uh, all the cool cartoons, animations, things that were going on in there? Well, um, I tried to... Uh, I started piecing the video together before I made the intro. And really, I didn't really have an idea of what the intro was going to be when I was filming it. I was just putting the, the camera at different places in the apartment. And then I started doing it in a whole bunch of different places and going through the same action. So that I thought it would be cool to see you walking down a hall and out the door from like a whole bunch of different angles. Right. Now, there was no more thought into it really than that. It was going to be a little bit more where I came back up to get my phone. But when I did the radio thing, I thought, well, that kind of feels like the end of the intro. Yeah. It, it, was, and, it was unusual, but very entertaining, man. All those camera angles were so different. Very unusual. Cool. <laughs> cool. It's yeah. good to get an outside perspective because for me, it's just me walking around my apartment. So... It's always interesting. But it was the way hear. it was done. I mean, you just didn't set up the camera square in the face and like, you know, I, I mean, yeah. I've never seen anybody spit out their toothpaste into the camera in the sink. <laughs> that was really cool, man. You put a lot of thought that. into this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad it worked. I'm yeah. glad it worked. So that was awesome. Hey, um, we're wrapping up now. I want you to please give us a shout out about where we can connect with you, purchase your music, support you. Where does the world find out about Robbie Tucker? Where do we go, Robbie? Well, you can go to RobbieTucker.com. Okay. Uh, website. That website has been there for, gosh, almost 20 years now. I've had that online. And that pretty much, you can go to all of my social media. You can hear my music, my newest stuff, Great. my albums. Great. We'll pick all that stuff up there and and uh, and post all of your links. And uh, listen, I want to just thank you so much for uh, for being a part of Dharmic Evolution, sharing your stories, especially um, you know about the Parkinson's. I know this is going to inspire and help people to to look at you and what you do and what you're able to do. And uh, thank you for your great music. And I wish you all the luck and prosperity in the world, my friend. Thank you so much. I really appreciate those kind words. It means a lot. Do you ever wonder why you were created and what you're here to do? Then the geography of the soul will help you to find your true place in this world. 
the music is so inspirational, including tracks such as I Want to Be Loved, State of Grace, and Ride On. James Kevin O'Connor is an internationally acclaimed singer, songwriter, music producer, entertainment agent, TV star, and a loving father who leads you to find your true place and calms your mind and soul in breathtaking ways. Buy Geography of the Soul today by James Kevin O'Connor at iTunes, CD Baby, Amazon, jameskevinoconnor.com, Geography of the Soul, a beautiful CD that you need to own today by James Kevin O'Connor. Sponsored by the James O'Connor Agency. I dig that feeling. I dream of magic. No colors are the same, and we should be together. A man with Parkinson's disease that does not let that keep him from his passionate talent. He writes, records, performs, and shares his wealth of blessings with us all. I hope you guys enjoyed today meeting Robbie like I did. It was really, really banging. Hey, if you have not yet, you should head over to the James O'Connor Agency. If you haven't visited the site, you've got to check it out. Lots of artists around the world starting to check in and take advantage of all the things this agency is offering them. No matter where you are in your career, we've got your back. Check out our copper plan on the site. Your brand in a 30-second TV and radio commercial broadcast for one month on three to five TV and radio stations run at the same time with a good frequency of one to seven days per week. This package is for local TV and radio stations, and we will broadcast your brand and your message up to 125,000 people in your area. Here's another one. Do you need funding for your next album project? Well, go to the jamesoconnoragency.com. Let us connect you to the how to get funded. It's easier than you think. Also, find out what we do for singer-songwriters, musical artists, as well as authors, speakers, and thought leaders. We also want to encourage you to visit dharmicevolution.com. Check out your show and blog profile right now. If you've been on the show, you are now on the site. Robbie's now on the site, and people from around the world are logging in to see and hear all about Robbie Tucker and his music. That's it for me today. I'm your host for the Dharmic Evolution, James Kevin O'Connor, singer-songwriter, audio-video artist, master storyteller, and international talent agent. So until the next time, when we meet again, I'll either see you on the socials or I'll see you on TV. I remember where I was The first time that I heard your voice Do you remember where you were The first time that you made that choice You're my favorite song You've been stuck in my heart For such a long, long time You're my favorite song You got away Before I would bleed to death Your infectious melody Will be with me till my last deep breath But you're my favorite song You've been stuck in my heart For such a long, long time You're my favorite song You got a way of making me feel that you're mine Oh, you know I love a double zero Hey, baby, you're the perfect size for me Oh, and how I love those yellow stilettos You always knew how to and I